Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you Lord for giving us the privilege of life. We thank you for good health. We thank you for providing even the temporal blessings that sustain us. We also thank you especially for the heavenly agencies set in place for our salvation and for all spiritual blessings you give to us. Now, dear Lord, as we are gathered here to fellowship with you, we pray, grant us of your spirit, grant us understanding. Please, as the word is dependent on me, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would put your words in my mouth and grant me utterance that I may speak words that will bless, uplift, and edify every one of us. Give us grace to put in practice all that we learn. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him, February 11. Bearer of our afflictions. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Matthew chapter 8 verse 17 Christ alone was able to bear the afflictions of many. In all the affliction, he was afflicted. Isaiah chapter 63 verse 9 He never bore disease in his own flesh, but he carried the sickness of others. With tenderest sympathy, he took upon the suffering ones who pressed about him. He groaned in spirit as he saw the work of Satan revealed in all their woe, and he made every case of need and of sorrow his own. No multiplicity of numbers distracted him, no anguish overwhelmed him. With a power that never quailed, he cast out the evil spirits that possessed mind and body while the pain of the sufferers trilled through his whole being. The power of love was in all his healing. He identified his interests with suffering humanity. Christ was health and strength in himself, and when sufferers were in his immediate presence, disease was always rebuked. It was for this reason that he did not go at once to Lazarus. He could not witness his suffering and not bring him relief. He could not witness disease or death without combating the power of Satan. The death of Lazarus was permitted that through his resurrection, the last and crowning evidence might be given to the Jews that Jesus was the Son of God. And in all this conflict with the power of evil, there was ever before Christ the darkened shadow into which he himself must enter. Ever before him was the means by which he must pay the ransom for these souls. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, he knew that for that life he must pay the ransom on the cross of Calvary. Every rescue made was to cause him the deepest humiliation. He was to taste death for every man. Of the suffering multitudes brought to Christ, it is said, He heals them all. Matthew 12 verse 15 Thus, He expressed His love for the children of men. His miracles were part of His mission. He knows how to speak the word, Behold, 
and when he has healed the sufferer, he says, Go and sin no more. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Bearer of Our Afflictions. We have been looking at the character of God, especially that which has to do with His compassion, His tender love, and His mercies. And today, we still have something to look at in that direction. Yesterday, we looked at how Christ is a compassionate healer of both soul and body. But we focused on the soul. Today, we'll focus on the body. Since the entrance of sin into our world, God's character has been a wonder and a revelation to the whole universe. The love of God was shown to all angels. Satan's rebellion was of such a character that it was without remedy. God's long-suffering was revealed in Satan's case because God bore long with him. When it was clear that Satan will stop at nothing to overthrow God and cause the downfall of many, he was banished from heaven. This was the justice of God revealed. Satan caused man to sin through deception. Man did not have the same chance that Satan had to know God. Therefore, he could not be treated in the same manner as Satan was. God knew that man was deceived so he desired to save man. It was this that brought about the other side of God's character, God's desire to save. And we started to see other characters of God, his tender mercies, his compassion, his love, and his forgiving power. But even beyond this, we see not only the tender mercies of God in being kind and good to the sinner, but beyond this, God actually bears our sicknesses and our sins and our afflictions in himself. This is something that we ought to praise God for. In Isaiah 63 verse 7 to 9, the Bible tells us, I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he had bestowed on them according to his mercies, and according to the multitude of his loving kindness. For he said, Surely they are my people, children that will not lie. So he was their savior. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them, and he bare them, and carried them all the days of old. Amen. This is a description, literally, of the mind of God and his experience on account of our sins. Isaiah 63 verse 8 there said that because he said about us, they are my people. There are children that will not lie. Even now that you are telling lies, now that you are deceiving and you are in your sins, the Lord sees prospects. He sees possibilities. That's why he says, surely they are my people. Therefore, in verse 9, it says, in all, not some, but in all the affliction. He was, let me add the word, literally afflicted. 
this is something we need to really chew upon. In the book of Matthew 8 verse 14 to 17, the fulfillment of this took place, at least when Jesus was here on earth. It says, And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Amen. The compassion of God is so deep that when we pass through affliction, and have to bear burdens of trials and diseases. He feels it as if it were him who were passing through it. His love, however, is so strong that he understands the best way to deal with our afflictions. Like it says in Isaiah 63 verse 9, In all our afflictions, he is afflicted. This brings me back to the topic that some people love to think about. If God knew that man was going to sin and we're going to suffer like this, why did he create us? Like I've said in previous devotions, such a question is selfish and without understanding. Because if we had understanding, we would realize that the person who has suffered on account of man's sin is none other than God himself. But we do not have a complete even we don't have near even a small appreciation of what god suffers on account of our sins we don't understand it at all we just think of ourselves 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 alone do you understand that in all your afflictions he is actually afflicted those words are not just poetic words that wants that's just written to evoke emotions they are real that god is afflicted in your cancer in your high blood pressure, in your HIV AIDS, with your diabetes, your other illnesses, fever, malaria, he feels it. And this is something that we should chew upon. In the book Education, page 263, paragraph 1 and downward, the reading says, Those who think of the result of hastening or hindering the gospel think of it in relation to themselves and to the world. Few think of its relation to God. Few give thought to the suffering that sin has caused our Creator. All heaven suffered in Christ's agony, but that suffering did not begin or end with his manifestation in humanity. Let me pause because in Matthew 8 verse 14 to 17, when Jesus was healing and casting out devils and spirits with his word, it said there that it was fulfilled. That which was said by Isaiah that he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. But it's important to note that that is not the only fulfillment because this was the fulfillment when he was here on earth. Even before Jesus came on earth, he was always bearing our afflictions, taking our infirmities and our sicknesses. So beyond what was happening on earth, like we're just reading now, God has always been bearing our sicknesses. 
So I'll take that reading again. It says, Few give thought to the suffering that sin has caused our Creator. All heaven suffered in Christ's agony. But that suffering did not begin or end with His manifestation in humanity. The cross is a revelation to our dull senses of the pain that from its very inception, sin has brought to the heart of God. Every departure from the right, every deed of cruelty, every failure of humanity to reach his ideal brings grief to him. When there came upon Israel the calamities that were the sure result of separation from God, subjugation by their enemies, cruelty and death, it is said that his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and he bare them, and carried them all the days of old. Judges chapter 10 verse 16, Isaiah 63 verse 9. His spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. As the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together, that's Romans 8 verse 26 and 22, the heart of the infinite Father is pained in sympathy. Our wall is a vast laser house, a scene of misery that we dare not allow even our thoughts to dwell upon. Did we realize it as it is? The burden will be too terrible, yet God feels it all. In order to destroy sin and its results, He gave His best beloved, and He has put it in our power through cooperation with Him to bring this scene of misery to an end. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Matthew 24 verse 14, end of quote. I'm reminded as I was going through this now of the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 6, to understand the grief and pain, we cannot completely understand it, but at least we can believe it. Just believe that God is actually passing through grief. God is actually passing through pain in his heart because of our sins. Genesis 6, reading from verse 1, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Genesis 6 verse 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented God. It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. It was not with pleasure that in verse 7 the Lord said, I will destroy man. It was with pain, it was with grief that the Lord said. It was not with anger, it was with grief and pain that the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Without a choice left to him, he had to do what he had to do. It says, I will destroy man, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. And in verse 12 and 13 it says, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. 
and behold, I will destroy them upon the earth. You see, we can give a false coloring to the mind of God. It doesn't say God is angry. When we read these passages, let us give the right feeling to it. It says that God was grieved. In other words, he was pained. It touched him. So when you read God saying, I will destroy, he's not destroying because of anger, but because he had no other choice. To preserve the same man that he wanted, that he loved, he had to do what he had to do. What we just read now from Education, page 263, tells us about the pain God passed through. And like I said, I cannot completely understand it. And I know you cannot also, but we can believe it at least. In light of this knowledge, we have a responsibility to join our Savior and cultivate the character of mercy in bearing the afflictions of others. The book Ministry of Healing, page 105, paragraph 1 tells us, By all that has given us advantage over another, be it education and refinement, nobility of character, Christian training, religious experience, we are in debt to those less favored. And so far as lies in our power, we are to minister unto them. If we are strong, we are to stay up the hands of the weak. End of quote. The Bible tells us very clearly in Genesis, in Galatians 6 verse 1 and 2, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Bearing one another's burdens. What we read earlier in education pointed our minds to the vast laser house that the world has become. The fact is, as much as we are pained with the evil that takes place in the world, there are sometimes when you are on YouTube, for example, a spectacle comes to you showing you the afflictions that people are passing through. Some places in Africa or in Asia, you see sick children malnourished children. Some of them, they are passing through war. For example, in in Yemen today, 2023, 2024, we see there's war going on in Ukraine, in many other nations, and people are famished, people are suffering, people are dying. Some are sick with terrible illnesses that when you see it, it just touches the heart so much. Sometimes you can do absolutely nothing about it. But I want to remind us the solution, if you really are touched, with the feeling of the infirmities of these people you see on YouTube or even in your neighborhood. You don't need to go to YouTube. In your neighborhood, you just walk around. You see many bearing sicknesses. You go to the hospitals. People are bearing sicknesses that are so painful to look upon. The fact is, like we have said, in the, like we read, Education, page 263, paragraph 2, it says, our world is a vast laser house, a scene of misery that we dare not allow even our thoughts to dwell upon. It doesn't do you any good to continue thinking about it. Do you want to help those people? Do you want to be a compassionate healer and bear their affliction? The best thing you can do is to hasten the coming of the Lord. Like we saw in yesterday's devotion, we need to be like Jesus, the compassionate healer, to speak peace to people, the word of God that will bring about the knowledge of God in the land and then shall the end come. If we want to join our master in really bringing a lasting solution to the world's illnesses and afflictions and troubles, 
we must be co-laborers with him to hasten the coming of the Lord. But while we are doing that, we still have a secondary work to do, which is very, very important, which is to actually bear the afflictions that people are passing through physically. Doesn't mean I'm going to take the disease to myself that another person is suffering, but it means to try what I can to relieve them or even to heal like our Lord Jesus did. Like I've said before, it's one thing to have compassion on people who are afflicted and also a completely different thing to bear their afflictions, to help them and relieve them. We have learned that compassion is a deep awareness of the suffering of another coupled with the wish to relieve it. While this is good, it's not enough for those suffering from affliction. The feeling can help us speak kind words when you, when you feel it. Not like Job's friends. You have to speak words that will help. And I just want to say here now, in respect to that, you know, when we're looking at the story of Job, we talked about how it is that in the case of Job, the friends of Job were accusing him as a sinner, were telling him to confess, accusing him of things he never did. There was one who even said, who is it that drinketh iniquity like Job? There was one of them who said that they were just accusing him. I want to say that it is true that sometimes we, we reap what we sow. People are sick because of the things they have done to themselves. It is true, but not in all cases, that a lot of the sicknesses that we pass through is not like that of Job that just came from Satan. For some, it is our lifestyle. But it does not still mean that we cannot show compassion. It does not still mean that while telling the person of their mistakes, it should not be done with the right mindset, not a holier-than-thou mindset, but a mind that is compassionate, trying to help, trying to show the person from cause to effect why they are sick, letting them know this is the problem here, not necessarily relating it to their sins alone, but that it's sins when you talk about how those people were saying Job did not relieve the afflicted, he did not bless the widow and all of that. No, but telling people the actual cause about how they did not take care of their bodies and that's why they are sick but even while doing that you still comfort and you still speak words that will assuage their grief like job said if i were in your place i would have assuaged your grief i would have spoken words that will help you now i'm saying beyond speaking words that assuage people's grief like our lord jesus who bore the afflictions of many by by healing them we can also do something to actually heal people the feeling of compassion can help us speak kind words and do good works for them but we need to go further than this jesus was touched by the feelings of our infirmities but he didn't stop at being touched by it he did something to relieve us of our afflictions and those who know what to do to relieve others of their afflictions bringing health to the body have acquired a good important valuable invaluable knowledge like i have told some stories before of situations of that calls out compassion and sympathy in myself and not knowing what to do i remember one time i was young i was in the bus we're going on a particular just a very short journey within a state and while we were going there was a hold up and i was sitting by the window and i looked out people were looking at a spectacle on the road there was a man on the floor writhing in pain and i could see what was going on and then i I then realized this is an epileptic attack oh the thing so touched my heart believe me it so touched me 
I wanted to see what I could do to relieve this man. But the fact is, I did not know what to do to help him. He was passing through this epileptic attack and I just kept on staring. The driver of the bus, because I was sitting in the front seat with him, as I kept on staring, he used his hand and beat me and asked me, do you want to go and touch him? Now, there's this belief that people have, superstitious belief, that when you touch an epileptic patient, you yourself will get epilepsy. You see, it is superstitious beliefs like this that make us not to be like our Lord Jesus, that we cannot bear afflictions of many. It is important to know the nature of diseases and how you can stop yourself from being a, a getting the disease other people have. But let us not have wrong notions. How do you treat the sick? How do you treat the diseased? Is it with disgust and loathing? Some of us are afraid of blood. Yes, rightly so, because when you see blood, it's life. You, you get and it touches. But we need to go beyond your fear of blood. You're beyond your fear of seeing gruesome things. If you are too afraid of seeing gruesome things, you cannot bear the afflictions of many. You cannot be of help to them. You will only be compassionate and sympathetic, but yet you cannot help them. How much skill do we learn for the sake of others when you have seen that people are perishing? If you say because of this, I want to go and learn how to treat people the right way because many times the orthodox way people are treated, go and check it, it's killing them even more. There are ways to treat the sick, what we call natural ways that will not harm them. The drugs many many times harm people. There are other ways to do it through the herbs, through food, through hydrotherapy, through an understanding of how to maintain good health. Because apart from the food people eat, apart from the herbs that is used to cure and to also prevent sickness, and then hydrotherapy that is used to actually heal, we need to, we need to acquire a knowledge. Because if you are touched with the infirmities of the sicknesses of others, it will then lead you to say, I want to learn how to educate. Remember what we read, by all that God has given us, an advantage of our another, where education is part of it, God expects us to understand that we are in debt to teach others. So, it is a good thing if we realize this, as we've been hearing all of these things about the compassionate healer bearing the afflictions of many. Two things come before us, that we should learn to teach the word of God. That one is priority so that we can bring about a lasting solution to the problem of the world. That's one. Secondly, if you are touched with the feeling of the infirmities of others like our great high priest, you should also learn the medical missionary work. Know how to educate others to remain in health and those who are sick know what to do to the barest minimum at least to relieve them of their sicknesses. Let us go back to the story of Job to look at some of the things that Job did that showed that he had compassion. In Job chapter 29 from verse 1, it says, Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I were in the months past, as in the days when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon mine head, and when by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, when the Almighty was yet with me when my children were about me, when I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured me out rivers of oil, when I went out to the gate 
through the city, when I prepared my seat in the street, the young men saw me and hid themselves, and the aged arose and stood up. The princes refrained talking and laid their hand on their mouth. Now, my focus is on what Job did. Hear what he did. He said in verse 12, because, verse 11, when the ear heard me, then it blessed me, and when the eye saw me, it gave witness to me. Why was it so? Verse 12, because I delivered the poor that cried, and the fatherless, and him that had none to help. Now, verse 13 says, the blessing of him that was ready to perish came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. Who is that that is ready to perish? It may be those that were sick. Job was one to be there by their side when they are about to perish. Because he took care of them and he helped them, they blessed him. The blessing of those that were ready to perish was upon Job. In verse 15, he says, I was eyes to the blind and feet I was eye to the lame. I was father to the poor and the cause which I knew not, I searched out. I break the jaws of the wicked and plucked the spoil out of his teeth. Then said I, I shall die in my nest and the dew lay all night upon my branch. So this is an example of what a righteous man's life is like. We should be touched enough to feel that it's our responsibility to learn ways to take care of other people's sicknesses. Like our Lord Jesus in Matthew 15 verse 29 to 31, we see him healing the body. It says, And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them, insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. Amen. And the Lord will be glorified today if you and I like Jesus. Take it upon ourselves, not because of money, not because of the lucrativeness of the, of, the, of the occupation, because it's not even going to be that lucrative, but because you are touched with the afflictions of many and you want to bear affliction. If you will come out of yourself and say, oh, you're in good health, yes, but just because I want to bear the afflictions of others, I will learn how to be in good health and be an educator because the barest minimum that every one of us can do is to educate, to teach others how to remain in good health, to tell them about how to take water, how to rest appropriately, to do exercise, to eat the right kind of food which is the plant-based diet and eat temperately and to practice temperance in all things, to get fresh air, sunlight, to practice orderliness, hygiene, and cleanliness. If we can teach people these things and finally tell them in all these things they should trust in God, you are giving them an invaluable knowledge that will make you to be a bearer of the afflictions of many and you can heal the bodies of others. Beyond this, you can go further to learning how to use water to treat others. That's what we call hydrotherapy. You can learn how to use herbs to treat others. Yeah, it is true that today there are some 
times when the orthodox drugs may be needed you should learn also how to educate others what is good and what is not good for them because the truth is that many 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 of these drugs they are not good so it's important that we know when how to treat others our lord jesus was a bearer of the afflictions of many and it was so strong upon him that whenever people came for healing like we read about lazarus he didn't go to meet lazarus because he could not see anybody in such pain of sickness and he will not heal were he to go where lazarus was he would certainly have healed lazarus there's no way lazarus will remain sick where jesus is and for us we should be touched to the point that when people are sick around us there's no way they will remain that way without us doing something at least to relieve them like job he didn't say job healed anybody but he it said at least that those who were ready to perish their blessing was upon they blessed him why because job had done something to help them may the lord help us to be like our lord jesus especially to have compassion enough because the truth is you cannot deal with every sickness there is in this world you cannot deal with it it's so much the world is a vast laser house but with one act you can strike a blow on all those sicknesses and that act is to be a laborer together with the lord to hasten his coming if you do this you are doing a great work to help the sick because to bring an end to the suffering of this world the best you can do is to preach the word secondly you should also learn to educate others to be in health and if people are sick it's a good thing to know what to do to help them to be in health may the lord give us grace if your heart is touched to learn more of these things for yourself and for others let us pray dear father in heaven we thank you so much for the blessing we have received from the words we have heard now please lord consecrate this word to the hearts of those who have heard impress it so deeply on us and help us to see our duty today to bear the afflictions of many thank you for hearing our prayers and answering in jesus name i've prayed amen this message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to god and be ready for his imminent return for more information and free online resources please visit www.tawas.org that is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org